to the heat and the danger as well if you're not cautious outdoors. Limit your exposure, take breaks, stay hydrated. Chance of a thunderstorm nearby to help you out. Going to be limited, though, to about 30% as well as early this evening. Heat advisory till 7 o'clock, then overnight it drops to lows of 80 Better chance of thunderstorms beginning tomorrow and then higher chances for the rest of the week for the afternoons. 60% or so tomorrow with the afternoon higher to the middle to upper 90s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. After the tragic death of his wife, Katie, Professor Franklin blames himself. Filled with anguish, he walks away from his family, which augments his suffering. But soon after the second anniversary of his wife's death, his self-imposed reclusive lifestyle is interrupted by an unplanned visit from his eight-year-old granddaughter. Awakened by Grace by author Darlene West. Available now in bookstores and Amazon.com. More info at DarleneWest.com. Love to talk to you about food. It's the first hour, first course of the food show. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. We do this every day, Monday through Friday from 2 to 4. It's the great escape. We just talk about things that give us pleasure, like food and drink, but mostly food. We'd love to hear your reports of where you went over the weekend, if you had some great food, even if it wasn't great food. If you've ever had anything to eat in your whole, whole life, Tom used to like to say, always made me laugh when he did that. Uh, That's what we'd like to do, talk about that. We here in Chaffetz Morris, the Coolwater Ranch, did not do a lot of eating. Actually, we, we did, but we didn't go out. Yesterday, we had some sandwiches brought in from Norjo, which were excellent. I think they are definitely coming into their own as a dining spot, in addition to being a uh, little market that you would find, like, in a corner of New York City or even in Italy somewhere. But mostly... We made hatch chili stuff over the weekend. My daughter mentioned that she had some hatch chilies and was wondering, what's this hatch chili thing? And I said, well, if you had listened to the show on Tuesday, you would know the answer to that because we talked to the former hatch chili festival queen and we talked to, uh, she is now on the um, Chamber of Commerce of Hatch, New Mexico. And we talked about hatch chilies. And she said, well, what's the deal? So I told her to listen to the show on Tuesday. And I know she won't. So I told her about hatch chilies. And I, she said, are they, are they spicy? And I said, well, apparently there are different levels of spice. But I'm going to tell you this. They are spicy. Because when I was handling them and I touched my lip, it, it's, they're spicy. I don't know if she just inadvertently picked up some really spicy ones, but she got them not at Whole Foods, as Mike said, where they're separated into 
uh, heat levels, but just in a bin at Rouse's. And so she just had four of them. She only bought four just because she was curious about it. And I didn't, I, I did get all the ingredients that I needed. And it actually came out really well. Patty, I'm going to get her to send the picture of our little fiesta here. And you could put it on the website. But um, everything really went according to plan. I was most impressed. I'll tell you what. I had my doubts about the lasagna idea because I figured that the chilies would be a little too thick to be like a pasta noodle. But in reality, when they cook, they're really thin and soft. So it really would have worked if I did it that way, but I didn't do it that way. I took the chilies and I roasted them in the oven as um, Lisa instructed. And they charred, but I didn't peel the char off. I left the char. They become a nondescript green color when they're roasted. And I didn't really like that about them too much. I was kind of hoping they'd have more of a vibrant color, but they really sort of bleached out with the heat. And they blistered in a way that made it sort of brown and black rather than just black. And they're kind of small, too, in terms of circumference. So what I did was I took the ground meat and I did my standard, you know, onion, celery, bell pepper, garlic, and pureed that. And then I mixed it in with the ground meat and I used the taco seasoning that I bought, which I don't know if I mentioned this or if I just mentioned it to Mary Lee, but it was kind of hard to find the El Paso, because we used to do tacos a lot with the kids, and they, it came in the package. But if I needed some just by itself without the shells, because we didn't always eat all the taco shells. Boy, that's bringing back memories of days with taco shells sitting around here. But we didn't always eat that, so I would just get the mix, the little spice mix. So it was hard to find that, and I did finally at, at Arouse's find it. So I put that in there, and it, it made that taco meat flavor. And then I stuffed those into the peppers, but they were so soft and sort of falling apart that I had to kind of smush them up against each other in order for them not to just lie there, bleh, you know. The cheese sauce was the surprise success in all of this. I went to the deli. And I told them that I needed the cheeses that were in a cheese tray. And I didn't realize that one of them was Swiss cheese, but it was. I did not use the Swiss cheese. I used the basic processed American white cheese. And I got a little brick of that, like about half a pound. And then I got the uh, cubed Colby and cubed pepper jack. And I said, well, you know, I don't want to take your cubes because, you know, you've already cut them. They're just going to be melted down. And she goes, it comes in like that, which really surprised me. I didn't know that they were getting big vats of cube cheese already. From where? I mean, I don't know. But anyway, so I got a bunch of the cubed cheeses, and then I put them all in a pot and realized quickly that unless I diluted it with something like milk, which is what I used, 
it would be too thick and probably not melt evenly. But it actually melted really well and became this terrific queso. So we were really happy with the way that turned out. I mean, you know, when you experiment, you never know what's going to happen. But it was a tremendous success, I have to say. So we got the tortillas and charred them in a cast iron skillet. We melted the cheese into the cheese and made it a cheese sauce. And we had these stuffed peppers. We made a guac and uh, a pico and just had this little Mexican fiesta. And the hatch chilies were really good. They were really spicy, raw, and much more mellow cooked. So um, I would love to do some more experimenting with the hatch chilies. I was very pleased with the way that came out. So that was what we did for lunch on Saturday. And we just had a little, like, you know, girl party. My daughter and I, uh, my daughter and I cooking in the kitchen. And it was a really uh, good lunch. It came out really good. Uh, yesterday when we had the sandwiches from Norjo, we got uh, muffalata and a uh, meatball sub. I have to ask them if the Lindy was a special. I didn't see it on the menu, but the Lindy I liked a lot better than the meatball sub. So I'm gonna have to find out if there is no more Lindy because it was this spectacularly delicious meatball sandwich with sliced meatballs and this terrific marinara but what really made it special was a pesto mayo that they had on it but I didn't notice that in this meatball sub so maybe they're not the same sandwich and I didn't see the Lindy so maybe it's like a special I'll have to find out about that and the third thing we got was some uh, cheese wheel pasta which sounded really good because it was right out of the cheese wheel and they they cook it in the cheese wheel but i think in order to make that work it has to be you have to add on things you have to do like an extra add-on i did not do that and it was just sort of a, a bland pasta which was a little disappointing i could certainly kick it up a notch by putting that cheese sauce on it which i think uh, i will do in fact the options, I think, were like a chicken piccata add-on, and then I don't remember what the other one was. Maybe it changes every, you know, every weekend. 5569696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. I would love to talk to you on this beautiful Monday, last week in August. It is sunny over here at the Coolwater Ranch, and I am loving the fact that it is not raining, and I'm sure you are too. We will be back after these messages. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. The best meals always start with the best ingredients. If you're cooking seafood, the best ingredients are at Mandeville Seafood. All local fish, Louisiana shrimp, oysters, crab, crawfish, wild salmon, and Dungeness crabs, with a little notice, 
Mandeville Seafood can get anything in the seafood universe you may want to try. Mandeville Seafood, celebrating 25 years. Autumn in New York, why does it seem so inviting? Ah, uh, yes. You know, it's actually kind of cool outside. I was really surprised by that. It's, well, I mean, it is getting toward the end of August, but it fall is in the air, and I'm um, relieved about that. Today is National Sponge Cake Day. I don't know what that really means. I don't eat a lot of cake in general, sponge cake in particular. And Tom addresses a question that I had right off the bat, which is not to be confused with angel food cake, because I was, in fact, going to confuse it with angel food cake. Sponge cake is another word for genoise, a light cake made with eggs beaten with sugar, after which the flour and other ingredients are added. In other words, a typical fine cake. I want to say that sponge cake is that nasty thing that you put strawberries into and call it a strawberry shortcake. I don't know if that's the case because I never would even consider doing that, although it's very popular and a lot of people do it. I don't know <clears throat> what a sponge cake is or an angel food cake, they seem like the same thing, although Tom specifically said not. But like I said, I, a cake is not something that I seek out, and I don't, uh, I don't really pay much attention to it. So if you can explain the difference, call me, 556-9696. It is also gravy day. Gravy, not sauce. But what, after all, is the difference, as Tom asks? The penguin companion to food says gravy in the British Isles and areas culturally influenced by them is, well, gravy, a term fully comprehensible to those who use it, but something of a mystery in the rest of the world. Let's see, gravy. We used to eat a lot of gravy at my house growing up. It's a long story. So Mike is calling. We're going to go right to Mike and then we'll come back. Mike, I know why you're calling. Hello. Hello. Uh, it was an excellent experience. On Good. Front. Yeah. Good. Uh -huh. We're talking about Desi Vega and Covington and we had a 630 reservation. There were four of us. Mm -hmm. And we were celebrating a birthday, my friend's wife's birthday. Mm -hmm. And we got there and the place was packed. People on the North Shore really eat early. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, the only criticism I have of the place is that the noise levels are painful. Mm -hmm. I mean, when it's full the decibel level goes way, 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 way up. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I mean, the place is really lovely. I mean, it's a, a nice space. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a wonderful server. Her name was Catherine. And mm -hmm. uh, she provided wine service that I haven't experienced since before Katrina, to tell you the truth. Oh, my goodness. Was, wow. Yeah, she was very knowledgeable. 
she uh, she knew all the protocols. Where'd she come and, from? Did you ask? She just said she had worked at Antoine's previously. That's all she told me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had brought Juan in. Yeah. And you could you could tell almost immediately. I had called in advance. Uh, I was told there was a twenty five dollar bottle cartridge, which I was fine with. There was no issues with that. Mm-hmm. And you could tell almost immediately when when the, the server sees the wine on the table whether or not it's going to be resented. And mm-hmm. I knew immediately it was not, you know. Mm-hmm. And she uh, she did everything right, and you know, not, it just it's important to do it a certain way because sometimes the wine is flawed, and uh, you don't want it being served to your dining companions if it is flawed. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes it's flawed flawed to the point of being undrinkable. Mm-hmm. And in the case of what we brought, I brought that night. I had a bottle of champagne, which we all enjoyed. And oh, we'll back it up. They got wonderful cocktails over there. Mm. Absolutely wonderful cocktails. They, it looks like it's a double old-fashioned glass. It's a mm-hmm. it's a very large cocktail. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, homage to Tom, I had a Negroni, <laughs> which I enjoyed thank you. Very I'll much. tell him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, we moved on to the champagne with the appetizers, and, you know, champagne was really good. We had a lot of different food on the table. They did bring out the little moose boost meatball that I had heard so much about, and it was mm-hmm. really good. You know, I mean, it, it was is. small, and it was just two bites, yeah. but it was really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I got I got the pork belly for my appetizer, mm-hmm. and I thought I kind of thought I was done with pork belly mm-hmm. because – so many of the times you get it, it's just a slab of fat, you know? Mm-hmm. But this was a beautiful presentation. It had pureed sweet potatoes on the bottom, uh, two really nice, not extremely large, but very well done pieces of pork belly that really were like bacon almost, mm-hmm. and uh, some, some Brussels sprouts on the plate. seems like everything has Brussels sprouts on it these days. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was a good plate of food. It really was. Mm-hmm. It was way more than I wanted to eat. Uh-huh. Because I knew if I ate the whole thing that, you know, I wasn't going to be able to eat my entree. So I passed it around. Everybody seemed to enjoy it. We had crab claws on the table. Uh, we had those stuffed shrimp that he does. Uh-huh. And everybody got a steak. Um, my wife got a petite um, filet, and we had a filet on bone from my friend. And then his uh-huh. wife got a petite filet and got the lobster tail. And I got the cowboy uh-huh. ribeye, which I was very happy with, oh. with the uh, uh-huh. side of alio olio, mm. which wasn't <laughs> particularly beautifully presented, like you say uh, Leonardo's was, but it was quite good. It just it could have little uh-huh. used a little pepper, but other than that, it was quite tasty. But uh-huh. my my overall impression, of, oh, yeah, then because it was a birthday, do you know about this thing they do with the cake? Uh, I think they call it confetti cake. Do you know anything about that? No. It's a huge I think it's slice a giant piece, isn't it? Like a giant yeah, thing. It, yeah, mm-hmm. it comes out it comes out served vertically. It's it's a large enough piece of cake that four people can eat on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. confetti. It's got all these different little candies on it. It's colored, but yeah, it comes right. out got little um I guess it was a waffle cone full of ice cream on a plate and, and a sparkler, a lit sparkler. Uh-huh. So it was a festive way to end the evening. You know, she enjoyed it. She got a kick out of it being it was her birthday, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, it turned out my red wine didn't really show the way I hoped it would. It was a wine that I have a lot of familiarity with. Mm-hmm. It wasn't flawed, but it just didn't do what I wanted to do. Like sometimes, especially European wines, they go through what's known as a dumb period. 
And it's just, it's a chemical thing that I've never really understood the chemistry of it. But in the process of a wine maturing, sometimes it goes to sleep for a while. That's what I felt this wine was doing. It just wasn't. So I wound up buying a bottle off the list. Mm-hmm. And uh, that worked out really well. You know, we, we enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So I look. I really like the place. Uh, it's a totally different vibe than it is. I'm sure, as you know, than either uh, the, either yeah. Pat Gallagher's or Keith Young's. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not as relaxed as the other two places. No, definitely but, not. It's edgy. You, it's edgier. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. And if you yeah. if you're looking for that, if you're in the mood for that, uh-huh. it's it's perfect. It fits. It perfect, is. You know. It is. Yeah. All right, so now let me ask you a couple questions. You are, you know, I've said this before. I feel like on the North Shore, there's two, two camps for steaks. You're either a Gallagher's person or a Keith's person. That doesn't mean that you never eat at the other one. That just means, you know, all things considered, if you had to choose one or the other, you were very clear about which one you were going to choose. Would you right. say that's fair? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, and you're a Gallagher's person. Correct. Okay, and I'm a Keith's person. Now, how does the addition of Desi's on the North Shore throw your mojo, your steak mojo? Is it a place that you're going to go a lot? Is it a once-in-a-while thing or what? It goes right back to what I was saying, depending on do I want relax, relaxation mm-hmm. or do I want a bit of a party buzz. Now, I'll I tell you this. We had already made up our minds that we weren't going to valet park. And mm-hmm. I, I don't really understand the valley parking over there. <laughs> On the yeah, North Shore and, at all, you know? And, and I told her, I said, look, if I got to park, park by CC's Pizza and we got to walk across the parking lot, that's, we'll just do it, you know? Uh-huh. Well, what I, what I didn't know, I, I'm not sure if I know the pronunciation of this Middle Eastern road. Is it Alabara or something? Al- Albasha. 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 Okay. They had about maybe 15 or 20 reserve spots with signs mm-hmm. saying, it was for them only, with mm. no cause there, zero cause. <laughs> <laughs> now that uh-huh. was that was a bit aggravating, okay. Uh-huh. But the the place the place fits fills up at six thirty in the evening on a Saturday. Yeah, you know, I mean, right. yeah. we we parked at the bank next door, which wasn't that big a deal. Oh, you actually walked our... from the bank next door? Oh, come on, okay. <laughs> they they didn't they didn't even have any spots to valet park at that point. Oh wow! All the wow. all the parking spots were taken. Oh, gosh. So we didn't really have a choice. We just, you know, uh, we had people uh, inside waiting on us. So we had a park uh-huh. where we, and my, you know, my wife didn't want me to park crazy where somebody wanted to hit in the car or whatever. Uh-huh. You know? Right. Yeah. But no, no, I still think that probably for every four times I go to Pat Gallagher's, I'll probably go to, to Desi one time mm-hmm. um, just because I love Gallagher so much. And, you know, we mm-hmm. know him over there and they treat us like family yeah, over right. there. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, I uh, think, I, have, I think it's good. But I think it's it definitely something you should be in the mood for. I think it's it's right. got such a distinctive vibe that you kind of have to be prepared for it and want it, you know. Yeah, I think I think they hit on a magic combination between the restaurant and the bar. Uh, I think that that building finally has found long term yeah. tenants at this point. Yes, you know? agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Okay, that's all I got. All right. Well, thank you very much. I knew that you were, I was looking forward to your report. I figured you would pretty much think exactly what you thought about it because it's, 
you know, it's it's an easy place to like. It is I'm definitely just, just, edgier. Hmm? I'm I'm just an edgy kind of a guy, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Anyway. All right. Bye-bye. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'm Erin Fitzmorris. And you know what? I'd love to talk to you. We're just talking about food here on this lazy Monday afternoon, starting out the last week of August, which I kind of can't believe. So that was Desi Vega's North Shore, which I've said before is a totally different experience than uh, Desi's. Well, you know, it's not, that's not really true because Desi is kind of an edgier kind of guy too. So his other places, let's see, the one in Metairie, yeah, I would say the one in Metairie is not edgy. It's, you know, that space, that that space has always been sort of stayed metri, whether it was Charlie G's, which was its original tenant, then um, I think it was Heritage Grill for a while. And I'm sure I'm missing one or two in there. But um, I've always liked that space that's Desi Vegas in Metairie. But um, it's definitely not like the one on the North Shore. The one on the North Shore is completely different, uh, really, than the other two. I think Desi's uh, on Lafayette Street and uh, St. Charles is is also stayed in a more glamorous way. And this one definitely has an edge to it. it it's not the same owner. It's, it's not a franchise. It's an arrangement, and I don't really understand what it is, but it's, it's not Desi. Anyway, uh, I'm glad that he had a good time. It is a good place. 5569696 is the number if you want to talk to me. Let's do it. It's time for the news from Louisiana Radio Network. It's 2:30 and we'll be back. Louisiana Radio Network. I'm Brooke Thorington. The state reports almost 11,000 new COVID-19 cases today, which includes numbers from the weekend. The state says new cases in ages 5 to 17 made up the highest rate of new cases per 100,000 of any age group over the last week, which is a first for the state. Hospitalizations remained below 3,000 at 2,838, in which 91% are unvaccinated. The FDA granted full approval to the Pfizer COVID vaccine today, which also allows local governments and universities to issue vaccine mandates. Tulane School of Medicine epidemiologist Dr. Susan Hazick says there's plenty of Pfizer vaccine available in the U.S. So that gives institutions that wish to mandate vaccination plenty of of free space to to do that. She expects the Moderna and Johnson and Johnson vaccines will also receive full FDA approval. LRN. The biggest games of the season are here. Gold eighty, gold eighty, hut, hut. Miss out on your chance to win big. What are we going to do? Win! What are we going to do? Win! Play Saints Game Ready from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. What time is it? Game time! And pick up New Orleans Saints Scratch Off. Win up to $20,000. That's what I'm talking about. Enter the second chance drawings for VIP suite experiences. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! 
game day experiences. Showtime, baby! Official autograph team merchandise. Come on! Gotta finish strong! And the grand prize, a 2022 season ticket package. Play Saints game ready and New Orleans Saints scratch-offs. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Make this your winning season with Saints game ready and New Orleans Saints scratch-offs from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. The Edwards Mortgage Group, the Mason Collective, NOLA Title Group, and ARC Insurance Consultants are the ones to call on for all of your home needs. Whether it's mortgages, closing, sales, or insurance, they take care of your home needs, and now they have come together to help take care of the needs of our beloved New Orleans music community by partnering with Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA for FunkyUncle.Live. FunkyUncle.Live is a free webcast live from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, the Funky Uncle Lounge, that features New Orleans musicians playing live music combined with interviews and outreach news to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans that have been impacted by COVID-19. You can join in the funky fun time by simply going to www.FunkyUncle.Live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Coming to the Funky Uncle Lounge on August 18th, Mustache Petting Zoo, and on August 25th, Space and Harmony. For more information on how you can support live from the Funky Uncle, go to funkyuncle.live and follow us on social media. I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? Yes, indeed. I do love a Gershwin tune. I want to get back to gravy because gravy is a great topic. I think that gravy is the, um, the real food version of some liquid that is part of your meal and a sauce is the fancy food version of whatever it is that doesn't mean that they both can't be delicious but they're not delicious in the same way so growing up I had a lot of gravy because we were not fancy food eaters and one of my favorite things was like a chicken gravy or a turkey gravy over mac and cheese. And to me, that is maybe the pinnacle of comfort food happiness. Okay, all right, we'll go. I'll just take calls as we, as I, you know, ruminate about this subject because really I do have a lot to say about gravy and I would assume that most people do too. Let's go to Michael 75. Hey, top of the week to you. Hi. How you doing? Hey. Great, great. Over the weekend, I watched this, again, this great food movie called Chef. Have you ever watched that? Oh, is that the one with John Favreau? Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and some of the things I was taken by in the movie was, first of all, he's talking about on the menu he's uh, and arguing with Dustin Hoffman, the owner. He says, I don't want to serve things that everybody eats all the time, like I eat tuna. He says, I'll serve beef cheeks. And, and uh, of course, uh, there's an argument about that. But anyway, it brought back a memory. We were at Babo, uh, um, Mario Batali's restaurant in Greenwich Village, and I ordered the beef cheeks. My wife got something else. How could you eat that, she said. But she took a bite of it, and she said it was incredible. Yes, it is a very popular item, for sure. And then this was a, a kind of a strange thing. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is John Favreau's girlfriend in the movie. 
and uh, uh, he has a romantic setting there, but he knows the thing that triggers her romanticism is to cook her alio olio. Smart girl. And then, and then, so he cooked it, and it shows exactly how he cooked it and everything. But it, it was a great movie. It was all I haven't about seen that the, movie in a long time, but I liked it a lot. How old yeah. is it? Yeah, I, it's not that I'd old. say it's probably at least 10 years, huh? No, no, 2014. Oh, really? Is that it? Okay. That's it. All right. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's a great movie where he bonds with his son. Uh, they go on a road trip after he uh, quits his yes, job. Yes, yes. And, uh-huh. and, and, and then they get into the French Quarter here in New Orleans. And, mm-hmm. uh, yes. And uh, he starts serving out of his little uh, food truck a lot yeah, of Mexican uh-huh. food. But then one of his things he serves is beignets. <laughs> Okay, so of the food movies, because there was a run on food movies for a while there, and I think they were all started by Chef. So there was Chef, and then there was The 100-Foot Journey, and then there was the third one that was the Bradley Cooper movie, and I can't remember the name of that one. Burned, was that it? Burned? Yeah, Burned, right. Now, which one of those did you like the best? Uh, I got shot. Well, actually, the best one was before that. It's called Big Night uh, with Stanley Tucci. But uh, uh, Chef was, uh, of those, Chef, I thought, was slightly better than 100 foot. And Bird, uh, I had it in third place. Yeah. I would I would say, I think I liked 100 foot better just because I I thought it was maybe a little more charming than yeah. the than chef but chef i also really did like a lot I, I liked i liked that movie a lot and you know the food photography in those movies and i don't really remember the the bradley cooper one because i don't really a like bradley cooper all that well and b uh, i didn't really watch the movie all that wholeheartedly just to sort of you know like feel like I, I did watch it so I don't even know what it was about really he was he was burned out I guess was the deal huh right didn't he didn't he do a stint here too wasn't didn't wasn't New Orleans part of that movie too uh I really don't recall but speaking yeah, does of anybody Brad- remember burned <laughs> I think I think it might have been but I'm not sure I don't think anyone's even going to remember it because it was right. kind of a forgettable uh, movie speaking of Bradley Cooper I did watch another movie over the weekend and uh, again one of my favorites is called Silver Linings Playbook. He was fabulous in that. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen? Yeah. Okay. No, I don't. I don't. I don't really like him. So I don't yeah, really. Well, I'm sure. You, I'm watch sure you don't movies. like Robert De Niro either. So he's in it. Correct, Amendo. <laughs> <laughs> I can. I can. I, 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 I'm a mind reader on that one. <laughs> but anyway. Yes. Uh, okay. Getting back. Huh? Getting back to Jada and, and Bobby in um, Italy, uh-huh. uh, I don't know if they stole it from Mario Batali, but that, that place reminded me of Italy in New York City. Wait, what place? What place? The, the, that little market, that Mercato they went into. Oh, the one um, in uh, Testazio? Yeah. I don't know. Italy is so American. Italy is is unmistakably American. That's why I was walking in Florence and I, I, I went, wait a second, that looks like Italy, but it can't be Italy. <laughs> but it was, in fact, Italy. It was a small version of it. Right. That place is American to me, though. 
really amazing. You know, they also in the uh, Bobby and Jada, uh, they made the cacio e pepe, but they uh, <laughs> didn't use the whole wheel. They just made it with some uh, You know what? Did you know I've, that? I've decided, first of all, that my cacio e pepe failures are rooted in fundamentals. I, I was thinking that it was Parmesan cheese, but it's not. It's Pecorino. That's the first thing. Maybe that has something to do with it. But obviously, my Cacio e Pepe travails are not uh, – they've got plenty of company. You know, they're not singular. There are lots of people who have dared to try Cacio e Pepe and failed miserably. Well, they look like they have made it kind of off the cuff with Bobby and Jada, so I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, that's a TV show, and they're in Rome where the, the Roman chefs, I've always said that if you're not a Roman chef, your cacio a pepe is not going to come out. Yeah, so, i got to find out what the uh, magic ingredient it's is. It's magic. Uh, it is, in fact, magic. Try it. You'll see. if you, it's, <laughs> it's magic. Uh, but the one I really want to try is this fabulous-looking, uh, very simple dish the chef made with butter, anchovies, and cook so slow uh, and low and with a pasta sauce. Pa mm -hmm. I'm sorry, pasta water, excuse me. Yeah, it wasn't that even was, cooked on a fire. It was cooked on like a, uh, you know, me, it was like hanging looked, over the boiling water. To me, that looked better than the cacio e pepe. Oh, I don't know. It's hard to be cacio e pepe in my book. But anyway, <laughs> what about I have an obsession. Who, what? Who's What's better, Alio Olio or Cacio Pepe? Oh, now you're really taunting me. Um, well, maybe it's the context of Cacio e Pepe. The only one I've ever had that was really great was in Rome. So maybe it's the context of that. Okay. But Alio Olio is pretty darn good. That Alio Olio at uh, Leonardo's is, is really good. It looks beautiful, and it is. Uh, speaking of anchovies, many years ago, Chef Gifredo at um, uh, mm -hmm. I can't remember the name. But anyway, told me that uh, in his his red gravy, his red sauce, he always puts anchovies at the end, uh -huh. and and uh, th that's one of the, uh, who was someone. Someplace yeah, Mike said thing. that's the umami ingredient. That's what Bobby oh, Flay said too. I, that's all yeah. I use, and I also add some MSG. So uh, I'm I'm piling up the umami. <laughs> well, I have a bunch of anchovies in the refrigerator right now that are just sitting there with no intended purpose. I, I want to make a tapenade just because I don't want to throw the anchovies away. And um, I, I could also do... Um, I did it for a Caesar salad. That's what I, I started the oh, anchovies with. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm going to... Yeah. But, but, anytime you, but I'm anytime done with the make, Caesar. Any, anytime you make any kind of sauce or gravy, put those in there. I guess. I just can't bear <laughs> the thought. But I, I'm gonna, I, I, otherwise, they're going to go to waste, so I'm going to do it. Yeah, I gave it. one to the cat, but it was too much for the cat. He didn't want it. <laughs> Some little critter came up on the deck and ate it. I don't know who it was. Some possums yeah. probably lying in the woods dead right. from too much salt. Go ahead. What? But, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to another Bobby and Jada. That wasn't the last one, was it? I know. No, it's, it's, it's only the second one. So I oh, it, Thursday is my, yeah, I think I had a bad day on Thursday or something. And I was, and I just sat down and I 
took the remote and I was like, oh, my, well, Bobby and, and Jada is taping right now. So I, I got to see it right away. Oh, so, good. Fata anyway. Morgana, that, okay. that gelato place. Oh, yeah. I told you, yeah, yeah, I love mm-hmm. gelato. And believe it or not, there's a place in, in Paris that has incredible ice cream. I'm trying to think of it. It's right, right uh, in the, what they call Ile Saint-Louis, right on the Seine River where, uh, uh, near Notre Dame. And uh, when, when are you going back there? When are you going back, Michael? Uh, you, we're we're trying plans? to we're trying to since we all got our boosters and our vaccinations, we, we might be going uh, hopefully in April. Well, somebody told me that they are going this weekend and they were saying the amount of paperwork they have to fill out is mind boggling. Might be. Yeah. Again, yeah. I, I, I so, don't like uh I don't like the summertime. It's got millions of tourists. You can't, everywhere you wait in line for hours, it's oppressive heat sometimes. And a lot of those places, they're not prepared for that in, in Europe. They, they don't have really good air conditioning units. Yeah. Well, maybe, uh, maybe by the time you're ready to go, you'll be finished all the paperwork from what it sounds <laughs> and, like. And so, also, also right. April and May in Paris and environs like Giverny, uh, Monet's home, the flowers are coming out, and they're so incredible at that time. Well, I hope at some point I get to go back. I don't know when that'll be, but uh, but I hope at some point I will. Well, I, I mean, and if week. I don't, I've done it. Okay, see ya. Bye. Okay, five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'd love to talk to you about food or whatever it is. Michael and I like to talk about travel, but uh, there's food in there too. But if you would like to talk about gravy, that's what I want to talk about next. We'll be back. Right down the highway from the excellent Keith Young Steakhouse is Five Girls. And the food is very good casual fare. Here is a fantastic club sandwich with homemade potato chips, a great Cuban, good salads, and the best red beans and rice we have ever had. Poor boys, hamburgers, and terrific fried seafood. Five Girls, 305 Highway 21 in Madisonville. 985-845-2348. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. Yes, 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 I agree. Uh, Take all of those things. Gravy, back to gravy. So uh, one of my favorite comfort foods is, is a brown gravy over mac and cheese. Now, the red gravy thing is, you know, there's, to me, there's red gravies that are gravy and red gravies that are sauces. Would you agree with that, Patty? Does, does that make sense to you? What yeah, I'm it saying? does. Because, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. So me. the fresh ones that are not cooked all day, right? then those are more like sauces, I think. But a red gravy that's cooked all day has a very distinctive taste, a very distinctive texture, and it's somehow to me much more comforting than a sauce. I can love a sauce. I can like uh, a fresh... Um, perky, spicy red sauce, but it is definitely a sauce rather than the cooked all day gravy, which has its own comfort attached to it. So anyway, um, when we did Thanksgiving, we took over Thanksgiving from my parents where there was a longstanding tradition of a 
giblet gravy that my mom did. And Tom, you know, Tom is a really good cook. He has a lot of great recipes. In fact, he has really taught me a lot. But Tom was never good with rice. He had two big failures. One was rice and the other was gravy. And so for many years, we had my whole family, which gravy was a big thing at Thanksgiving, but we didn't ever have gravy here because every time Tom tried to make it, it would come out like this solid mass. And so uh, we also did a um, roast turkey or a really a, a grilled turkey, I guess, on the big green egg. And that's how, smoked turkey, that's how it was always done. And there were no pan drippings, which are an essential ingredient in a gravy. So then we talked Tom into doing one in the oven and I did a gravy so gravy came back. But the the best gravy that I have recently had was when I did the little pork roast for uh, my niece's graduation and it was a brown gravy on mac and cheese. It wasn't the turkey or chicken gravy, but it was a pork gravy, but it didn't matter because it was brown gravy on mac and cheese. So if you have a gravy fetish like that, call us 556-9696. How do you make your gravy? According to Tom, and this is of course the way you do make a gravy, the French and restaurants who are trying to avoid the common sound of gravy have a word for it. Jus. Gravy begins with the juices and browned bits that come from cooking meat that's thinned or deglazed with stock or water in the pan where the meat was cooked. Then it's thickened up again with a little flour or roux. A good gravy will be a little dirty with flecks of meat. The most celebrated, celebrated gravy in New Orleans is the one that wets down a roast beef poor boy, but there are many more as there are meats to throw it off and take it on. Chicken gravy, turkey gravy, ham gravy. You know, I've never made a ham gravy. And it's southern variation red-eye gravy. Made in the pan where you just grilled the ham steak by adding a bit of coffee to it. Confusing, everything is the location, red gravy. For Italian-style tomato sauce, it is not unique to New Orleans, but if you use the expression, you're thought of as local. So we were just talking about Desi Vegas, where the red gravy or the red sauce in which that delicious little tidbit meatball is served is spectacularly good. Have you been to Desi Vegas, Patty? No, I haven't. Okay. But they <laughs> serve as their amuse-bouche a singular little meatball the size of a Swedish meatball. That is Desi's grandmother's recipe along with the red sauce slash gravy. And it is beautifully presented with a little puddle of red gravy and the meatball sitting in it and Parmesan dusted on it. And they don't have to do anything special to create an amuse-bouche that one little meatball I've said might be in my opinion one of the best if not the best amuse-bouches in the city it's absolutely delectable and the red gravy is is a big part of it 
I've never tried to do a gravy with alcohol. Have you, Patty? Have you ever done that? No, I haven't. What kind of alcohol would you? Wine? Well, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking if you had like a a steak, uh, but it wouldn't be a gravy. It would be a sauce. I think. I think. Like I wanted to. I wanted to do in that pork roast. I wanted to do like a red wine, and you know maybe like a fruity red wine, and deglaze the pan and then it would become a gravy. But I didn't do that because I don't know how to do that and I don't want to do anything wrong. But, you know, the more I cook, the more I realize that there's not a whole lot that you can do that's wrong. When you're putting a lot of wholesome, good flavors together and you just throw a pile of vegetables in with some meat and it all cooks down, I mean, that's never bad, you know, but I do worry about messing it up if I put some alcohol in it and then reduce it and it just doesn't seem like it's right. And for some reason or another, I don't think that alcohol in a gravy seems to be the way to go. I think a gravy is probably just au jus, the bits from the pan, a little bit of flour and heat reducing it. Anyway, the gravies that I've made lately, I'm very proud of and uh, just talking about it. And I've been so good too. Just talking about it makes me want to do a big old mac and cheese vat with some gravy, some brown gravy. Are you a gravy person, Patty? I am. You know, I love open-faced roast beef sandwiches are my favorite with lots of Mm. gravy. Yeah. Well, now Tom doesn't like when a gravy is made with a base. You know, he's always said a base is tastes artificial. But um, a gravy is really easy to make. I don't know. I don't know why Tom had so much trouble with it. But it's it's pretty easy to make if you, you know, pan sear with a dusting of flour some meat. You have the flour in it already. Or if you have the au jus and then you whisk some flour in it and then just have it sit on a burner it's going to be a pretty good gravy and and it's hard to it's hard to mess that up but it it can be really divine and i don't i don't eat very much gravy but i i wish i did <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> because it's really good it's really comforting but i don't make it we don't eat like that, but when I do, it's... I tell you what, the Thanksgiving meal that we did, that I did last Thanksgiving, was a, a, a high mark, a culinary high mark here, and um, mightily impressed my daughter's boyfriend. It was a cornbread dressing with uh, stuffed in the turkey, you know, I, I was a bad girl and I didn't follow all the instructions to not do that. And I put it <laughs> in the cavity, you know, like our moms did and we're still yep. alive, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we didn't, we stopped doing that when the experts told us to stop doing that. And then we went out to uh, Jude's um, house for Thanksgiving because his son is born like two days before that. And we had Thanksgiving dinner at his mother-in-law's, and she's 80, so she is an old-school 
cook, and she's a really great cook. And she she thinks nothing and never did stop, and she had that stuffing in the cavity, and it was just like so exciting to see somebody actually, you know, being naughty and and disobeying <laughs> their, you know, uh, the experts. And so I, I decided, you know, I'm going to do it the next time. So I did it for the first time this last Thanksgiving, and I will never not do it again. It was fantastic. It makes a really superior stuffing and the gravy was there and it was just it was just terrific really really good I'm just if I sound distracted I'm waiting for the dog to yelp when Tom steps on him but I just can't do anything about it (laughs) all I can do is watch it go down (laughs) that's it Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk about gravy, we would love to talk to you about gravy. There's all kinds of things that we can talk about, and uh, they all have to do with food. And I would like that very much. I want to throw this out for the next hour because it really does bear more conversation than just two or three minutes. Today is the birthday in 1754 of Louis the Sixteenth, the last king of France before the Revolution. He and his wife, Marie Antoinette, were guillotined, but while his reign lasted, he and Marie had it pretty good. The old Louis XVI French restaurant, originally in the Marie Antoinette Hotel, attempted to duplicate that dining grandeur in the 70s. Under chefs Danielle Bonneau and Claude Aubert, it succeeded. We've mentioned Louis XVI a few times on this show. There are people in this audience who were not only visitors, but frequent visitors of Louis XVI. I was not one of them. I believe I only went to Louis XVI one time. I thought it was a terrific experience. It was a thing back in the day. And by back in the day, I mean the 80s, because maybe maybe even early 90s because Tom and I got together in 1988 and I guess by the time 1990 rolled around I don't know when Louis XVI exited the scene here Uh, someone in the audience who was a big fan might know that and if you do please call 556 but it was a different experience. There are restaurants, there are a lot of really good restaurants in New Orleans, as we all know, and the environs, because we've got great ones up here. But occasionally, a restaurant stands out and becomes kind of a phenom, and I think that Louis XVI was that in its day, and then all of a sudden, it was no more, and there are elements of Louis the 16th that have turned up here and there in different restaurants. Tom said that the new uh, Cava Bistro, which is a tiny little space across from Basil's Ace Hardware in the old Cypress restaurant space, uh, run by Danny Millen, who is definitely a uh, an alum of a lot of great places that that has a Louis XVI vibe to it. And I, like I said, I don't remember Louis XVI all that well, but it's got the soft lighting and the candles and the red roses on the table. And it, it, it what I remember of Louis XVI is not exactly like Cava, but I could see what Tom is talking about. So that's one place. 
I know that whenever I see the dining cart or the carving board cart go around the tables at Chafunctas on the North Shore, that's a remnant of Louis XVI, that kind of dining. And there's just a couple of them, but, but not a lot. So if you have memories of Louis XVI, I would like to hear them because I did not experience it that much, but I've heard a lot about it. And uh, I would like you to share them. 5569696 is the number. One Talk Food in this second hour with you. It's time now for the news from Louisiana Radio Network. WGSO New Orleans is what you're listening to. It's three, it's four, three o'clock. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. The Department of Defense says it has evacuated approximately 42,000 people from Afghanistan since the end of July. Within the last 24 hours, the total passenger count was approximately 16,000. Speaking with reporters, Army Major General Hank Taylor noting refugees have been taken to temporary safe haven locations in Qatar, the UAE, Kuwait, Bahrain, Italy, Spain, and Germany. Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine is getting full approval from the FDA. Acting FDA Commissioner Dr. Janet Woodstock hailing the news. This is a pivotal moment for our country in the fight against the pandemic. It's the first COVID vaccine to be approved by regulators. The vaccine has been given to millions of Americans under emergency use authorization since last December. USA Radio News. America, do you want to win the spiritual war against the demons currently attacking our land? Step one comes from the Bible. Lay down the law by resting on the law and do your resting on our pillowcases printed with his 10 commandments. Find them at projectpillowtalk.com. Don't sleep on this message. Go to projectpillowtalk.com or call us at 877-289-7439. When you call, ask to receive another powerful spiritual weapon, free, a CD packed with the secrets of forgiveness using all the instruments of praise written in the Bible, free with your order of our Ten Commandment pillowcases from projectpillowtalk.com. Shipping is free too, so call or click 877-289-7439 or Project Pillow PillowTalk.com. Get your Ten Commandment pillowcases for only $29.95 per set and watch the darkness flee from the light. The House of Representatives has come back early from their summer recess to debate and vote on the bipartisan infrastructure bill that was approved in the Senate. Michigan Congresswoman Debbie Dingell joins Fox News saying infrastructure money is needed around the country as soon as possible. We need to fix our roads and bridges. We can't take our eyes off of that. We need internet in urban areas and rural areas. We need to get the lead out of pipes. Republicans, worrying about inf Republicans are worried about inflation due to all the government spending. The U.S. Capitol Police officer who shot and killed military veteran Ashley Babbitt inside the Capitol building on January 6th was cleared by his agency. The Capitol Police announcing an internal probe found the officer's conduct in the shooting was both lawful and within the agency's policy. The officer, who has not been officially named, will not be facing internal discipline. Babbitt's family says they plan to file a wrongful death lawsuit. USA Radio News. 
Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. As Afghan refugees continue to arrive in the United States, one senator says we need to make sure we vet every refugee who's let into the country. The governors of several states have made statements over the last week that they would welcome Afghan refugees in their states. Three Balkan countries, Albania, Kosovo, and North Macedonia, have also offered to take in some of the thousands of refugees fleeing Kabul. Senator Joni Ernst says that the U.S. should welcome Afghan refugees, but the Iowa senator tells ABC News that they need to be fully vetted. The heat advisory to 7 o'clock tonight with the oppressive feeling to the heat and the danger as well if you're not cautious outdoors. Limit your exposure, take breaks, stay hydrated. Chance of a thunderstorm nearby to help you out. Going to be limited, though, to about 30% as well as early this evening. Heat advisory till 7 o'clock, then overnight it drops to lows of 80 better chance of thunderstorms beginning tomorrow and then higher chances for the rest of the week for the afternoons. 60% or so tomorrow with the afternoon higher to the middle to upper 90s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. After the tragic death of his wife, Katie, Professor Franklin blames himself. Filled with anguish, he walks away from his family, which augments his suffering. But soon after the second anniversary of his wife's death, his self-imposed reclusive lifestyle is interrupted by an unplanned visit from his eight-year-old granddaughter. Awakened by Grace by author Darlene West. Available now in bookstores and Amazon.com. More info at DarleneWest.com. show. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. It's the second course, as Tom likes to always say. We have on the line with us Tanya Booty, who is a former, I'm not sure what, what you did that, was it the, what food, was it a Food Network show, Tanya? Uh, My name is Toya Booty, and um, the show that I was on uh, was food ne- the next Food Network star? Um, also, uh, the TLC K plus eight, and then um, most recently, I was the home. I was crowned the Home and Family show on the Hallmark Channel's uh, Best Cook. Oh, fantastic! Congratulations. So, is Thank there you. like a is is there like a um, it, it becomes almost like a career like a circuit that you do when you do one show no other producers see you no No? um for some people uh i think for most of us who get into the what what i call the entertainment chef field once you get into that round it's usually Mm -hmm. something uh people who are more like I study culinary arts and theater in school, so I was a thespian. So mm-hmm. the combination of 
pursue and making that a complete career is all up mm-hmm. on uh, your your goals, diligence. And a lot of people that I ran across on the shows, a lot of them didn't have the same um, strategic Background. way of doing uh-huh. Yeah, they were more uh-huh. so into, oh, I'm going to get on that show and it's going to maybe bring my restaurant some attention. <laughs> None of uh-huh. them... Um, was really how I had a ladder in my mind that I created shows I would get on things I would do in order to put myself in a better bargaining position. Okay. Let's start from the beginning. What's your background? You're from here, correct? Yes. Born and raised. Okay. I'm from And so you started cooking, I guess, at home. Mm Mm-hmm. In your family. Okay. Yeah, I was about nine, eight or nine years old when I started cooking, and I never really wanted to cook professionally because I thought that I didn't think cooking was a gift because both of my parents can cook well, and every uh-huh. male in my and female could cook, so I thought it was just like you have to live and you have to eat. It just made sense mm-hmm. until my mother like pushed me like crazy because you know, I didn't think about it the way she was thinking about it when I was a kid, but I taught myself how to cook. I was just natural in the kitchen as a little girl, you know, mm-hmm. but I thought I was playing around, you know, keeping busy, you know, but um, I went back and forth with that for a while, dropped in and out of culinary school and kept switching back to theater. And I mm-hmm. took my stab at like getting in plays and stuff like that around the city and performing poetry. And then I round robin back to once I graduated from uh, Nunez Community College in Chalmette. I uh, right after that I started my YouTube channel, and that's when I started really booking a lot of shows. So you you actually started the modern way by putting your videos up on YouTube, and then they found you from your popularity. No, 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 no. I um. I started submitting, which forced them to look at my YouTube, and my YouTube didn't mm. get popular until years later. Okay, okay. So you, when did you start doing the YouTube uh, videos? Maybe, uh, I believe it was 2000, and if I graduated 14, yeah, 2014, and I didn't even start getting good numbers until, like, 2000, maybe 16, 17. It was mm-hmm. ridiculous. But I wasn't a part of the, I didn't have the viral thing. You know, I wasn't, <laughs> which, I'm, which I'm glad, you know, because uh-huh. there are two ways. And I used to work, uh, teach alongside with Kevin Belton. And oh, when mm-hmm. I first, mm-hmm, when I first met him, he looked at me and he said, you have to decide whether you're going to be a sizzle in a pan or a slow cook. And I mm-hmm. said, I'm going to be a slow cook. And mm-hmm. and I I never aim for going viral. I still don't, you know, and mm-hmm. I really enjoy talking to people and telling people a lot of the things that I've locked in what was with me having a very low following count and low numbers online. So it's mm-hmm. really about you, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you can hone your skills that way and get it, you know, get it perfected. So when when did you first, I guess someone gave you the idea or you'd been watching um, the show that you wanted to start the the ball rolling with. So you, I guess that's that's not the is that the network star the the Food Network star the next star. No, that wasn't with um, 
that wasn't what made me even think of it. It was a long time ago when um, I was doing demos. We had, there was a section of when you become to a certain level in the culinary school process with your classes, you have to do these, this thing called uh, culinary practicum where you have to kind of set up a meal and you have to present it and stuff like that and do live demos in front of people. And mm-hmm. when I was doing the live demo, um, I was talking to the teacher and she said, you know, you want to do theater you probably could do this. And I was like, nah, man, I don't want to, I don't want to be in the back of the house. Like I love dealing with people, you know, Mm -hmm. so and entertaining them. And um, that's when I first started trying to do it, but I would always go back and forth. I think it was just a timing thing. Mm -hmm. So what sort of things do you like to cook? I guess you're a New Orleans cook. Is that pretty much your wheelhouse? Well, no, i Honestly, from down to sushi to anything you could think of, I really enjoy cooking. But what I have honed in on and with entertainment, you have to learn to listen to the crowd, you know. And, like, I put out, you know, fancier meals on YouTube, and it would get, like, one, two likes. And I put up crawfish <laughs> eggs and it got uh-huh. like 9,000 and my <laughs> husband, cause we came together cause he, he was filming it and you know, we were preparing all this content and stuff. He's my business manager. And uh-huh. he said, um, he said, you ready to listen to everybody now to see, you know, and I realized <laughs> that, that it wasn't, cause you know, as a culinarian, you can kind of get razzle dazzled about that. Cause you're like, that's uh-huh. my craft. I, right. I want to do. Sure. But uh-huh. then you realize Oh, it's a love for the city that they uh-huh. really are attracted to. And then, you know, the reason why those videos got more attention is because I had a lot more heartfelt stuff to say uh-huh. connected to the recipes that, you know, tourists come in town and they enjoy that. But my mom right. and my were cooking this stuff. That's nothing, yeah. you know? Right. So, yeah. Well, you can get the fancy stuff anywhere. That's not necessarily a, a you know a regional thing that people really tap into. You know, there's a saying: right. "Give the people what they want." You know, I think that's that's good. That's always good advice. So, tell us about um, your first foray into television, entertainment, and cooking. What was it? Uh, guys, grocery games. And I, oh, you I did guys. Gr- how many have how many have you done? How many of the, the Food Network fun shows have you done? Oh, just two. I was just on one for so long. But okay. just two. Just two. But Guys Grocery Game was the first one. And that I have said this through and through that Guy Fieri's set was the set that I walked on and I looked around and I said, This is what I want the culture of my set to be. I don't uh-huh. want anyone talking down to anyone else. Uh-huh. I don't want no one's production assistance bad. I don't want anything like that, uh-huh. you know, and that vibe, they even was, they, it was somebody's birthday when I was there and even he was celebrating their birthday. So it uh-huh. was just so loving that I was just like, okay, I want this. I'm glad I had that first. Cause you know, when you get on other sets, you realize that, oh my God, this is Hollywood. <laughs> oh, oh, tell us. Real. Dish. We want you to dish. We'll we'll let you think about what you want to dish when we come back. We'll take a break. And uh, all right, so I'm going to try your name again. Toya? Toya Bodie. 
Bodie. Toya Bodie. We'll be back with Toya Bodie after these messages. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites, and we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils, Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. Night and day, you are the one. All right, we are back with uh, Chef Toya Bodhi. So um, you went on Guy's Grocery Games. What year was that? Um... Oh, 2015, because I remember I had a specific tattoo with the date around that time that I got. But it was um, 2015, I believe, that I went on to the show. Okay. And uh, what what happens with something like that? It's a one, You're on for one episode, right? It's not one of those long things that you go on and on and on and you're in a competition, is it? Or is it I – don't, I don't watch a lot of it was, those it was a shows. Comp- it was a comp- it was a competition i believe it i think it could have aired in two different episodes mm-hmm. it's so far away i can so much is happening <laughs> in between that time yeah right sure yeah but i that, um for a fact they still rerun it and people randomly comment on it oh, you dude. know and uh-huh. it's yeah, yeah, they do. They, uh, but it's even now like is that far away? But I think it was two shows, but they do it all in like one day. My know? my grandsons are huge fans of that show. They they love Guys Grocery Games. So then you were on the Food Network Star, which was um, what year was that? Was that recent? Mm-hmm. That was seventeen. That was mm-hmm. 2017. That's when mm-hmm. it aired. 2017 is when it aired. I was actually mm-hmm. on it. What was that? Well, 16 and 17? No, 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 no. Yeah, it was the top of 2017 that I was actually on that show. And I was. So it's on one of those things like, where you check into a hotel and you live away from your family for six months yes. or something. Uh huh. Yes. How was so that? Sequestered. It's it was it was tough. Um, it was tough. Well, I wasn't as tough for me because I, 
majority of my childhood, I, I got in a lot of trouble in school. So, mm. you know, um, I was always punished. So I was used to being by myself and not much, <laughs> you know. So the other people, it was You're a used to solitary, to because, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I was just like, OK, so they took our, ta- our t- television here and um oh wow Uh and they put tape over the peephole and oh my goodness wow you just stay in it but you know i'm very i handled and that's why i said it's it depends on the chef because i handled it from an entertainment perspective because of me having that um drive for television Mm -hmm. not just to be seen but to start building a form of a culinary footprint and legacy and um, so what I did was I com- I created a regimen for myself, you know, and like mm. when the stylist, the stylist came to my room to see all of my clothes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they saw all the stuff I had posted on the walls and they said, oh, my God, oh, my God, I almost want to stay here. And I just had <laughs> so much motivational stuff on the wall, like notes I wrote to myself, my roadmap mm-hmm. that I do. because I do a vision board every year. So I, the roadmap I did it to basically I had that on my wall in my hotel room. I went and got taped from the front desk because I wanted to remind myself every day I came back of what my map is, not mm-hmm. so I could ignore what right now feels like, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I woke Sounds up. Sounds like you got to be a motivational I, speaker too. add that to your resume. That's, but that's that, powerful that is stuff. so funny. You must you must not have seen my website because that is actually what I do. I'm a motivational. Well, I'm actually well. I am actually looking at your website as we talk, mm-hmm. but um, but I can't really read it while I'm talking to you. So it looks like there is a lot here. Uh, I love yeah. your purple. I love your your purple um, chef coat. I love it. It's, it's, it's a good look <laughs> <Thank> for you. <laughs> All right. Thank so, you. how did that show turn out? Um, what what uh, it, it, what happened? Hmm? It was really it was one of the best decisions that I made. One of the best moves because there had a couple other shows that reached out to me, but I didn't want to just do any show. I wanted mm-hmm. to put my foot into certain strategic, well known shows, and that one um, I stayed on it for a total of a month, but. It shows as two episodes, uh, mm-hmm. two or three episodes, I believe. And um, uh, after that, when I got cut, I got cut. And then not long after that, I went to the Hallmark show. Like, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. after that happened, I got called called in by the Hallmark channel. And they saw me and, you know, they was like, well, I would like to you know, see if you wanted to compete in this, whatever. So it was just like, I had just got back home. You know, I had actually fell super ill. I got meningitis while I was home oh my goodness. during the break. It was terrible. I almost died. Like wow. in the hospital, in the hospital, when they were putting oxygen masks over my face and they were trying to figure out if it was viral or bacterial, mm-hmm. um, that's when my husband, I guess I must have woken up. And I remember him, one of the times I woke up, he said, hey, I got good news. Hallmark just reached out to us. And then after that, it was like a day or two later. <laughs> and then, um, so I always say that connection was so destiny driven. And mm-hmm. by the time I went back for the Food Network Star reunion, I had already went on another show and won. You know, mm-hmm. the actual type. So it was like I, and I remember... And Maloney, um, 
wrote an article about it off one and on to the next, basically. And I was like, oh, my God, I love I love Ann. <laughs> this is ridiculous. And it all worked out so perfectly because I stayed with the Hallmark Channel up until their last episode just recently. Well, good. So you're so what's your next adventure? Well, I just got signed with uh, Countryman Press with W.W. Norton for my second cookbook. And this is a big publishing deal I just snagged. So I'm working on my next cookbook right now. And it'll be out February 23. I mean, 2023. Mm -hmm. And um, congratulations. Thank you. I'm trying to lock in a couple shows for 2022 that finally I'll be headlining. So, yeah, it all worked out pretty good. Fantastic. Okay, so, but in your day job is a personal chef locally. Is that right? Uh, Yes, but I just stopped doing that. I just removed my services only because Uh, I'm working on a book full time and stuff like that. So it doesn't even, yeah, I don't do that anymore. Yeah, unless it's like maybe if I had a specific type of client that called and I had to work with them. But Mm -hmm. outside of that, I have a lot of work ahead of me with this book. That sounds fantastic, though. Uh, Congratulations to you on that. When was your first book out? What what year was that? (laughs) 2017. So everything happened that year. Girl, it was so strategic. My husband, I'm I'm surprised I didn't give him gray hair because I came home from Food Network Star and I said, I want to do my first cookbook and I want it to be out by the time the show airs. And he just looked at me like, <laughs> you mean in a couple months? <laughs> and I said, yes. And my, my cookbook has 20 classic recipes. It's a, it's a, it's a small cookbook, but it's 20 classic must-haves and it's actually hmm. the first a digital interactive cookbook by a New Orleanian. And I wanted to throw that out to have that on a table. So years down the line when my show blows up, then or whenever it, whatever other content I have or things that I put in place blow up, then that will also yeah, be right. taken be with there. it. Mm. Yeah. So how could someone get that book? Through Amazon, Amazon.com. And okay. uh, Chef Toya Bodhi, uh, Cook Like a New Orleanian. Cook Like a New Orleanian. Okay. So what yeah. are some of your favorite things to cook? If you're home and you're just, you know, messing around in the kitchen, what's your favorite kind of stuff to cook? Mm. You know what I really love? I really love, I've been having this, this same routine meal that I've been fixing for myself, and it's obnoxious. It's potstickers. I, I love, love potstickers. Why is that obnoxious? That's delish. Because I'm eating it every day. So oh, well. My, my, my regimen, my regimen for the most part has been either me swimming, swimming for about 30, 40 minutes to get a workout in. And then I just lock myself in front of the computer and I just keep typing and typing and typing. And then I stop and I eat potstickers and... <laughs> maybe some some water and kombucha and that's it you know so that's what my days are consistent of right now it's ridiculous well now how does your husband feel about the daily pot stickers are are you feeding him anything else oh yes indeed yeah Uh, okay Okay. you know he's not yeah he's not eating that now i'm eating that but um my family they're really simple you know Mm -hmm. and i think i think i've worn them out with and i think any other chef 
with kids can tell you that they they want the most simple thing. Can you have? Can you give me butter butter noodles or That's ramen it. or? Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. And mm-hmm. I saw another chef. Um, I forgot what his restaurant was. He just he he just closed it during a pandemic. But I saw him and he said another another meal my kids won't like and it was something so amazing looking and i was thinking oh so this is every chef they're just like Uh can we just have chicken and macaroni that's it that's it and you know what that's you know why because it's good because they because they know what's good it's it it goes right to your soul my husband tom fitzmorris has done this show for 33 years and he lived his life in restaurants and all eating all the great food and the kids and i were at home mac and cheese butter and parmesan Mm -hmm. that's it Mm -hmm. how old are your kids that's all they want yeah. Uh, we have four of them. We have one uh, that just went on her first last day of, well, this first section of college because she's going to the master's program directly after this but um, at LSU. But uh, my oldest is 22. Well, you do and- not look old enough to have someone 22 years old. I'll tell see, you that. This is how this is how I was like destined to be a motivational speaker. I was uh, I was a teenage parent. I had heaven at sixteen years old, okay. and she's about to she's about to graduate from uh, Dillard University this okay. December. We have a fifteen year old, and we just started high school, and then we have the eight year old, and then we have the three year old. Oh wow! So, wow! Yeah. Oh, we're done. well. Now that she's, you told me you were a teenage parent i don't have to go i was going to drop everything and start eating pot stickers every day because you you definitely look like you look like a kid yourself i gotta say so i'm excited for you this sounds very promising and uh i know your parents are probably really proud of you oh my god they're they're amazed they're amazed yeah well yeah it's the vision board i keep hearing about vision boards i gotta start doing one myself you should. You should. Keep this going. Everyone, I have every one of them, and they've all come in alive, and they're in my attic. And I'm telling you, everything from the first time I wrote on a poster board that Food Network wants me. And the first time I did that, I mean, every year it has gotten better and better. And really, it's just follow through. I will say that. Both of my parents mm-hmm. are extremely hard workers. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a lot of execution I saw growing up. So it wasn't like mm-hmm. I could ever become a slacker. You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, well, that's good. Well, you know what? Yeah, what is that saying? Thing. Be the person you want your kids to become. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. and I think that's really good advice. Can you hold on for like another few minutes through the news? I want to ask you about about the the behind the scenes thing and the people that you've met along the way, and then we'll let you okay. go. Is that okay? All right, yes. we're going we're gonna to come back with Toya Booty. It is 3.30, time for Louisiana Radio Network News. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Matt Doyle. The FDA gave the Pfizer COVID vaccine full backing. Brooke Dorrington spoke with a Tulane epidemiologist about this pandemic milestone. 
people that are not yet vaccinated step up and with a fully approved vaccine, take that shot. Dr. Susan Hasick hopes FDA approval of the Pfizer vaccine for ages 16 and up will encourage more people to get vaccinated. But now it allows local governments and universities to mandate the vaccine, which means... High schools could mandate vaccination for students 16 and above. Colleges can mandate vaccination for all of their students, their faculty, their staff. She also expects the FDA to give full approval to the Moderna and Johnson & Johnson vaccines. I'm Brooke Thorrington. And this fourth wave of the pandemic has been the worst that the state has seen since this entire thing began, but there is some evidence that the wave is starting to break. Last week, we had over 3,000 COVID-related hospitalizations. Now we're down to just 2,838. LRN. Hi, how can I help y'all? Hi, we'll take a few Powerball to... Wait. Is that the Powerball mascot? Yes, it is. He's here to share some exciting news about Powerball. How much more exciting can it get? How about drawings three nights a week? What? (laughs) That's right. Powerball is adding Monday night to its weekly drawings. You mean now I have three chances a week to win millions? Woohoo! But wait, there's more. Check out our New Year's Rockin' Eve promotion. Rockin' Eve promotion? From now until September 20th, participate for your chance to be one of 30 lucky semifinalists with a chance to become the first millionaire of 2022. Cool. How can I find out more? Get more details at LouisianaLottery.com. Uh, quick, get me, get a picture of me with Powerball. I just love his smile. Millions in prizes, Monday night drawings, a chance to be the first millionaire of the new year? <laughs> I'd say that's a reason to smile. Must be 21 to participate. Can you feel it? WGSO 990 AM has recently become recognized as an official 501c3 nonprofit organization capable of accepting tax-deductible donations. So, in commemoration of our 75th anniversary, the station is launching a 75 for 75 campaign with the goal of raising $75,000 in 2021. The funds that are raised will be dedicated to help the station fulfill our broadcast mission and satisfy any equipment needs that arise. These donations are especially important because unlike most radio stations in New Orleans, WGSO is independent, locally owned and operated and not part of a national broadcasting conglomerate. To donate, go to WGSO.com and click on the Donate button on the front page. Help us to continue to be the community voice of the Crescent City. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings, and lots of things are seldom what they seem. Yes, indeed. 5569696 is the number. If you have a question for Chef Toya, I'm sure she would be happy to answer it. But I have a few more of my own. Uh, these shows are, first of all, fun. They're very dramatic. You know, the, the whole mm-hmm. wait till the you know, the the hammer drops. It's very, very dramatic. But behind the scenes is the aura of the show one of camaraderie where the competition is right on the screen and only on the screen, or is it is it actually a very competitive thing? It is a very competitive thing. It's very It is, really. Um okay. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would actually if I mean, I didn't go at it competitively like that, but they did, you know, because, again, I had a completely different goal from them. You know, they wanted that sizzle, Mm -hmm. and I wanted that let me show my character over and over again, and then other networks will see me. 
you know, and mm -hmm. um, they were very, very competitive. And it never really, interestingly enough, it never really served them well. If you ever paid attention mm -hmm. to, if you just pick a random person that you saw being either snarky or very competitive on camera mm -hmm. or making mm -hmm. little sound, sound bite drops, if you ever saw that, Google them after. You never see them doing too much stuff because they're mm -hmm. dramatic for that moment. They get good stuff in that moment. But, you know, the entertainment business is a lot more, I won't say they have a, they don't have a, a heavy moral code, but there's definitely a, hey, you're kind of trouble to work with. Mm -hmm. You may be good mm -hmm. on camera for an hour, but uh -huh. will we work with you 20, you know, for like yeah. 10, 15 episodes? No. Uh -huh. But I think uh -huh. people don't catch on to that going on to these shows. Well, it definitely looks, uh, you know, I, like I said, I don't watch a lot of them, but um, I think that it, it's very dramatic, but I've also uh, assumed that it's uh, mostly for show. But I was wondering if behind the scenes, if you've made friends in this network or is it really, you know, you go off and do your thing and then you never talk to those people again? A good bit of them, I never talk to those people again, only because I'm I'm a very upfront person, so it's either sugar or crap with me most times. Uh -huh. If I like you, mm -hmm. I don't. Or if uh -huh. I don't like the way you deal with things ethically, I don't. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. but um, a lot of people do try to build certain connections with the other people they're competing with. Mm -hmm. There's like maybe two or three from Food Network Star, two mm -hmm. or three that would like, you know, they saw past the competition and understood that, man, this girl is here for something else. Like, mm -hmm. she's not she's not trying to snatch a... Because I went on there even saying that I'm not trying to be labeled the next Food Network star. For what? Mm -hmm. I want to be as seen on. And mm -hmm. that's my strategic chess move, you know? The long term. So, um, yeah, man. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> you, you got to have, you know, you got to have goals. You know what I'm saying? That's so, right. And, that's yeah. how I, oh, but I, whenever I mentor someone, I tell them, you need to learn how to play chess. My daddy taught me how to play chess, and that's how I handle the entertainment business. That's how my career has went up the way it has because of the strategy that I have. Uh -huh. Well, mm -hmm. uh, it looks like you have a lot on, the, on your plate and a lot of cool stuff happening, and I'm really happy for you. Congratulations on all of it. You also Thank have a spice so blend, don't you? You have a yes, spice blend? yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just released us, that not too long ago. Tell us about your Spice yeah. Blend and also about your podcast. Oh, my God, the podcast. I'm going to the Spice Blend. The Spice Blend, uh, <laughs> that's four flavors. That's steak, all-in-one, seafood, and chicken. The chicken, like some of my chef friends in the city buy that stuff like crazy just to do their meals because it's, really good. I, I like to focus on flavoring the food, not just salting it. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of all-in-one seasonings that they have out, you know, or quote-unquote Cajun blends are primarily salt and cayenne, you mm -hmm. know, and it doesn't, it leaves everything to me tasting all the same. Mm -hmm. So to have something that really brings out natural flavor of uh, the thing that you're cooking is really big for me. So in those seasoning um, blends, are really good and they've done really well coming out uh and i released that right at the top of the pandemic actually you what's know, it called I, I, and where can you get it locally 
Well, not locally. It's all from the factory on my website. So oh, okay. I, I don't I don't pack. So the store, myself, you go to your so. website and then click on store and order it that way. Yes, indeed. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. I see. Okay. Yep. You can find right. that um, in any of my products and stuff like that too. That I have like aprons, uh, souvenir style plates that you can give people for the holidays and stuff like that with mm-hmm. New Orleans art on it. And um, the podcast, the five the five senses. That's my my baby. Because basically how the same way a good cook navigates through the kitchen is with his senses. You know, it's not that they're so Uh smart and they remember recipes because actually Uh most good cooks, they don't really remember recipes. You know, it's more so of them. It's more so of them feeling their way. And Uh you can like with the, I give an example with the chocolate chip cookies. My husband said, how can, how do you not have a timer on? Because when I smell the chocolate, I know it's time to take them out. That's mm-hmm. my senses. So mm-hmm. when I give advice or when I'm, when I'm coaching someone or helping them strategize things in their lives, you know, I tell them that if you pay attention to their environment, you know, the environment lets you know everything. Just the same way a movie, the music switches and you know someone's about to die. You know, <laughs> the same thing happens. When it comes down to life, you know, mm-hmm. when things switch or go different ways, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Teaching people how to read signs in their life, you know, using read the room, as they say. Yes, that's the <laughs> reading the room. Every room you walk into, I teach my children that well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good idea. All right. Well, I really appreciate your coming on. I wish you much success. You certainly have your path planned out and uh and are clicking off the boxes along the way so good for you thank you so much you're a good ambassador for the city thanks for being on appreciate it i appreciate that bye 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 all right that was chef toya and i'm just gonna stick with chef toya because i really messed up her name big time in the in the beginning of the show so we'll just say chef Chef Toya, you know, the whole Food Network circuit um, is interesting. I mean, like I said, I don't really watch a lot of those shows, but the ones that that I have seen usually for, um, for prep purposes, um, I find kind of, um, let's see... Oh. Well, they're, they're television is what it is. I mean, it's, it's stage television, and I like to try and find out the story behind it. But she's adorable, and, uh, and I hope she does very, very well. I'm sure she will. All right, so back to what we were talking about before. If you would like to call, I would love to hear from you. It's I have, five, a, five, six, I have nine, a question six, for nine, you. Six. What's that? Donna, one of your listeners, called and heard you talking about sponge cakes. Yes. And she wanted me to ask you if you like Twinkies, because on the box it says filled sponge cakes. Hmm. I know you're not going to believe this. Oh, you've never had a Twinkie. I've never had a Twinkie. <laughs> I've never had a Twinkie. Well, add it to your list. Yeah, no, no, I don't think I can. Here's the thing. I, I don't have a taste for sweets. I don't. So the Twinkie was never experienced because it doesn't even attract me in the least. I'm much more inclined to go and get 
um, the fish sticks and <laughs> and have those because they're a savory item. And I, I, I feel like I pretty I liked them pretty well when I was a kid. But, you know, I, tastes change. The only thing I ever had like a Twinkie was those little cake donuts that I guess were also hostess, weren't they? They had like a little I think pack so. of maybe yeah. four cake donuts. Yeah. That was the closest I ever got to a Twinkie. Oh, they're not I'm even sh- close. <laughs> yeah. Is a Twinkie really good? You like Twinkies uh, You know, I haven't had one in years, but I forgot that that's exactly what they are. It's like they're a little sponge cake that's filled with cream. Yeah, see? And it, it's a, it's definitely a sponge cake. Uh-huh. And I don't know, sponge cake and fish sticks in the same conversation. I never really thought that that would ever happen. <laughs> well, speaking of which, speaking of all these experiments and things, I've been thinking about Paul, the guy who called up and was um, called himself a victim of the food show. Yeah. <laughs> Where I talked him into going to get the Hormel hot tamales. And now I feel very guilty about that. But I have, since that conversation, looked and I could have sworn that I saw those tamales in a freezer case, but I, I've I've not been able to find them since. So Paul, if you're listening, please call and tell me exactly where to find those tamales. Because I owe it to you to try them, and I just haven't seen them. And I think what I was looking at was a prepared chicken, uh, a frozen chicken. And uh, you know how they have the the chickens that are raw in one section, but then they have another section of stuffed chickens and, and all those things that have been prepared that you just have to pop in the oven. And I think that's what I was looking at. I, I guess it wasn't tamales. I don't know. I feel like I've seen them somewhere, but I just don't know where I've seen them. So, Paul, if you're listening, at least call Patty and tell her where I should go and get those tamales because I owe it to you to try the tamales. But the the hostess Twinkies, that's a bridge too far. I might go <laughs> look at them, but there's no way I'm going to eat that because I just – I. I don't know, maybe growing up as a kid, all the stuff that I ate, and I did actually have this thought a few times, this is so wrong, <laughs> you know? Potatoes in a box, there's something wrong with this. <laughs> and so I, I, you know, I never did go along with the, you know, the big 60s or any of that kind of stuff. And then Tom, who never ate anything processed, because his mom cooked everything, Tom explained to me what the difference was and why it was so much better, and I've never even thought about it since then. But we do have a lot of conversations which harken back to the middle of the last century and the convenience food culture, and so uh, I do, you know, I have to admit to things like the Vienna sausage and the canned potatoes and stuff like that potted meat and such. But again, I I ate it thinking, there's got to be a better way than this. There's got to be. Thank God Tom showed it to me. 556-9696 is the number. Just 15 minutes left of the show. If you want to get in on it, give us a call. We'll be back. One of my favorite roast beef poor boys isn't a poor boy place at all. 
Martino's is a wonderful restaurant with traditional Italian food and excellent fish and chicken dishes, as well as the muffalettas for which they are known. With three locations on the West Bank that are more casual, the Covington restaurant feels upscale with good food and great prices. It's a winner. DiMartino's Covington, Marrero, Algiers, and Terrytown. DiMartino's.com. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. You make me feel so young. Yes, indeed. It is good to feel young. The edible dictionary word today, I I started to do it last week, and I'm glad that I remembered to come back to it because it is kind of a cool word. It's brought to you by Dorignacs, one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time. They are celebrating 75 years today, I mean, uh, this year, along with WGSO. The edible dictionary word is chavapchichi which is a Croatian word. It's a small sausage-shaped roll of chopped meat, usually beef, but sometimes including lamb. They're grilled, sometimes on a skewer, and almost always served with raw onion rings. One of the most popular treats at parties held by the many Croatian families in southeast Louisiana Chavapchichi are surprisingly more delicious than their plain appearance suggests. You can't stop eating them. The word is the diminutive plural of chavap, which evolved from the Turkish word kebab. Kebab, modern Croatia, Serbia, Montenegro, Macedonia, Bulgaria, and the other Slavic states in the Balkans were under the control of the Ottoman Empire for hundreds of years until a century ago and picked up many elements of its cuisine. There's a lot of uh, traces of that era in a lot of places, a lot of it in Sicily where you have the little dried fruits in savory items like rice dishes and things like that. Not my thing, but, um, but a kebab is certainly delicious. I made these sad little kebabs for my 60th birthday party. I, I had a, a party and wanted to do all the food myself. And I do love those kefta kebabs. And I made some, but they really... <laughs> but what happened was my sisters came in town as a surprise and showed up at my door while I was cooking. And we spent so much time laughing and we didn't really do as much food as I had planned to. And it was the day of the party. So what happened was I I brought a bunch of overcooked little meatballish things to the party with no sauce or anything. It was sad. And that's that's the closest I've come to making those myself. Never did it again. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. Today in eighteen twenty one Spain signed a treaty allowing its former colony Mexico to become an independent nation. It was triggered by political instability in Spain which was occupied by Napoleon at the time. 
Mexico, heir to one of the world's richest and most distinctive culinary traditions, was as different from Spain as the United States is different from Great Britain. Mexican food and culture expands in the U.S. every day. That's also true in New Orleans since the hurricane. Although Tom did not feel that there was anything spectacular that he had seen from the influx, that was true in the early days of Katrina. There was an interesting culinary story that was sort of um, on the sidelines underpinning. And it was that all of the Mexican workers who came to the city to rebuild it wanted their own cuisine. And you would see a lot of taco trucks on the streets serving really authentic Mexican food. And a lot of those thrived so much and did so well that they became brick and mortars. And the brick and mortars are still around. And I'm wondering if anyone ever went to any of those Mexican places that turned up after Katrina. I think Chilangos, Chilangos is one of those. I remember that there was one in Metairie that I think is still there, actually. Have you ever been to any of those places, Patty, that that were a direct offshoot of the influx of Mexican construction workers after Katrina? I haven't, but I have a friend who has been to the one that's on Carrollton, right next to Bricadas, and he told me that that started as a food truck after Katrina, and he said it's really really good and it's really authentic mexican food what's the name of the place i don't know i'm gonna have to look at it yeah i see it every time i go so that's that's only that's only post katrina yeah i know that i know that there were i mean i wasn't here for a long time after katrina i wasn't here for at least three months after katrina and then i was in dc for most of that whole next year. So I didn't see a lot of what happened both culinarily and not in the city. But I know that Tom was talking a lot about those uh, food trucks and how they had sort of changed the makeup of Mexican food and influenced it, although not a lot because the, you know, the Mexican food that we eat mostly on the North Shore... um, and we didn't we didn't have a lot of that rebuilding that was required of the, in the South Shore, but um, there was I, you would think that the influence would reach a little bit, but you know the Mexican place that I go to is extremely American, so I haven't been to any of those really quote authentic Mexican places. What made your friend go into the place? Um, the first time. Well, he's I'm kind just, of he's kind of adventurous anyway, uh-huh, and he uh-huh. lives in the neighborhood. And uh-huh. um, he told me he just walked in there one time, and the chips and salsa were really good. So he went back for dinner another night, and uh-huh. he said it's really. Wait, he good. just went and had chips and salsa. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something I would do. Yeah. Uh huh. He said he felt like eating chips and salsa, so he went Uh there. (laughs) 
Okay, then. And so what my, my daughter and I, we have this, we have this, this tradition at that place. And it's really um, based on just, we started out back in, I don't know, well, it would have been, it was after Katrina. We started out when she was in high school. And so uh, mainly we would go and talk about boys and stuff like that. And we'd have two iced teas. And we really could have stopped at the chips and salsa or the chips and queso. And so even to this day, you know, we've had to branch into things that were more um, more on the menu. Because you can't just say, you know, one, two iced teas and chips and salsa. But we'll often be sitting at the place and we'll go, okay, one of us has got to order something, you know, because... Because honestly, I could stop at Chori Queso and that's it. That's a meal for me. Oh, you know, yeah. we get, I often get the Chori Queso with, um, with a side of pico and that's it. That's the meal for me. I mean, I don't really need to go any farther. And really the truth is, I, it's not that I don't like it. It's fine when I eat it, but I just don't need to go any farther because that pushes my buttons, you know? What's what is your go-to? I like it, the um, El Gato Negro is one of my favorite Mexico place Mexican places, mm -hmm. and they have a queso during crawfish season that has crawfish in it, and that's mm. really yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, I bet you that is good. I don't care well, what they say about crawfish it's... and cheese; it it works. Yeah, right. Well, I got to say that it's hard to beat a, a cheese sauce. I mean, you know, you're, you're talking basic, kind of basic stuff there. So I'm sure, and I'm kind of curious, I wonder what the ratio of of the starters in Mexican restaurants is to all the rest of the food. Now, when I look around the tables at all the other tables, they're all eating like real meals, you know. <laughs> Thank God. And I'm sure that the waiters yeah. are grateful that they're eating real meals too and that they're not just depending on us. But for our purposes, that would kind of actually just work, just the, the chips and salsa. So it's, it's funny and um, kind of sad for the restaurant that there are other people that, that could actually do that themselves. Anyway. <laughs> All right, that's it for the show. Um, no point in in, uh, in requesting any other calls because we're just about done. I want to tell you that this is the 75th anniversary year for WGSO, and uh, with it is the 75 for 75 campaign. We would love for you to go to the brand new website, WGSO.com, and I hope that my daughter will send that picture because I can put the Hatch Chili uh, Patty can put the Hatch Chili uh, Festival that we had over the weekend up, and you can see how we did it. Uh, but you, there's other stuff on the website there. There's uh, That's where the location of the show is, and Patty posts pictures there. WGSO.com. Uh, there's a yellow button on the home page. It says donate. We would love for you to make a donation there. It will be tax deductible because in addition to WGSO, Celebrating 75 years as the community voice of the Crescent City and the only locally owned news talk station this year, they are a 501c3 nonprofit, and that makes your tax your donation tax deductible. That's WGSO.com, brand new website, lovely. Check it out, please, and we'd love for you to make a donation. Please tell a friend about the show. It's, you know, just blathering on about food, but it's not 
everything else that's out there that makes you sad and scared. It's just fun, you know. We're talking about chips and salsa. How far wrong can you go with that? So please tell a friend about the show. If you've missed something of the show and would like to catch it, if you go to our website, nomenu.com, N-O-M-E-N-U.com, you will find on the front page of that website the Food Show Podcast, and you can pick it up there. You'll also find 400-some-odd recipes that all come out, Tom's 50-year body of work, the list of restaurants that are open in town, a lot of restaurant reviews, some deals around town, uh, links to things that you might want to uh, investigate, just a whole lot of stuff there, extinct restaurants, and uh, Tom's, like I said, been at it for 50 years, so there's a lot of good nuggets of things there. That's nomenu.com, N-O-M-E-N-U.com. If you go to the front page of that, you will see something that says register, You can register for the newsletter. It comes out twice a week. It has the dining diary of all the places that we've gone. It has um, specials around town that that you might want to take advantage of at different restaurants in town. We also have our Instagram page. It's at the New Orleans menu. It's got a lot of pretty pictures there. We'd love for you to follow us on Instagram. All right, Patty, I think that uh, probably under the circumstances, you should just go ahead and take it up to the top of the hour. Tim McNally is up next with the Dine, Wine, and Spirits show. You are listening to WGSO New Orleans. It is 4 o'clock. Oh, I want to mention one more thing real quick. Um, tomorrow we have, um, we have Don Dubuque on, and we're going to be talking to him about ways to cook fish that you might not have thought of. It is 4 o'clock. See you tomorrow, same time. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Today I'm calling on more country, more companies, I should say, in the private sector to step up with vaccine requirements that will reach millions more people. President Biden continuing to push business leaders across the United States to mandate employees to be vaccinated before returning to work. The president's remarks coming after the FDA issued full approval for Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine. It can be distributed to those 12 and up. The White House says it's engaging with members of Congress as a group of moderate Democrats threatened to hold up President Biden's infrastructure agenda. Speaking with reporters, Press Secretary Jen Psaki saying Biden supports House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's proposed path forward. This comes as nine moderates have insisted the bipartisan infrastructure bill must be voted on first without the budget reconciliation bill. USA Radio News. This report is brought to you by Amazon. As students head back to school, there are a number of supplies and preparations underway. But while the lists may have grown, the time and money spent shopping doesn't have to. Customers can spend less and smile more when they shop Amazon for everything they need to get back to school. A one-stop shop offering the widest selection and lowest prices. And did you know? Amazon offers a discounted Prime membership option for qualifying government assistance recipients for just $5.99 per month. That's 50% off. In addition to Amazon's everyday low prices, Prime members enjoy unlimited fast, free delivery, access to exclusive savings, thousands of movies and TV shows with Prime Video, more than 2 million songs ad-free with Amazon Music, and access to more than 1,000 books and magazines with Prime Reading, something that can come in handy as those reading lists ramp up. 
To learn more or start your 30-day free trial, visit Amazon.com slash Prime Discount. As the withdrawal of U.S. troops and Afghans continues from Afghanistan, Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby was asked if the United States knows how many weapons were stolen from the Afghan army and now in the hands of the Taliban. I don't have an exact inventory of what uh, equipment the, that the Afghans had at their disposal that, that now uh, might be at risk. Obviously, uh, we don't want to see any, any weapons or systems uh, that, uh, to fall into hands uh, uh, of people that, that, uh, that would use them in such a way to, that, that to, to harm our interests or those of our, uh, our partners and allies. Chicago is coming off another violent weekend that includes a pair of mass murders. Police say seven people were killed and 39 others were wounded by gunfire between Friday and early this morning. Last weekend, 56 people were shot and eight of them died. USA Radio News.